When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, I really appreciate you uh, using our Midwest Farm Report talk text line with your rainfall reports over the Memorial Weekend. How are you? I'm Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us. I appreciate all of the numbers. Don't forget, you have to tell me where you are when you're sending your rainfall reports in. Uh, Kirby by La Crescent said they had more than an inch and a quarter's worth of rain over the course of the Memorial Weekend. Linda by Reeseville, eight-tenths of an inch rain. Bob by Beaver Dam, 1.3 inches of rain. Eden, Wisconsin, picked up about three-quarters of an inch of rain. So a lot of folks definitely letting me know that thunderstorms were moving through. And depending on where you are, there could be more of that weather in the forecast for today. It's definitely going to warm up. We'll have clouds and probably temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s if you're around uh, the lacrosse area. Tomorrow, a little bit better chance of rain in the forecast, 79 are expected high. And Thursday, back up to the low 80s. We'll find out weather details when Stu Muckrag, meteorologist, joins us in just a little bit. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Three-day weekend behind us. Hopefully you got a chance to enjoy it. And hello, June. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, the good news about June 2021 is it looks a whole lot different than it did back in 2020. Looking forward to June dairy activities, county fairs, etc., uh, and field days. Now, Bob, uh, like I said, 2021 looks a whole lot better as far as outdoor activities are concerned compared to 2020. But 2020 took its toll on some organizations and changed the way that we're doing business in 2021, didn't it? Boy, it sure has, Pam, and I'm sure we'll feel the ramifications of that down the line because of the COVID pandemic, and you just couldn't get together with your fellow workers. One of the organizations that uh, really feeling that is the Discovery Farms organization. Now, they've had a physical office in Pigeon Falls in Trempolo County, since they opened, uh, well, many years ago now under Dennis Frame's leadership. But over the past years, they have been working remotely. And our Scott Schultz had a chance to talk to uh, Discovery Farms director now, Amber Raditz. And she says they're going to continue to do their work, but they've kind of figured out a way to possibly do things better going forward because of the pandemic. We're in a changed world, Scott. And, um, you know, the office had been in Pigeon Falls had been a nice meeting spot for, you know, the first 20 or so years of the program. But, um, you know, as we are able to reevaluate the way that the world works, actually, even before the pandemic hit, we were sort of looking at how could we do our job a little bit more efficiently? And um, how can we reallocate costs to get more people to work with people and this is one of the ways to be able to do that so yep 
don't uh, don't come to the old office in Pigeon Falls anymore, Scott. So the way it looks at the moment, you're going to be basically working out of a home office. But again, you don't work in an office all that much in the first place. Yeah, so our primary space now is we're um, sharing some office space in Black River at the Jackson County Extension office. So that'll kind of be the home base for our Discovery Farms folks on the western side of the state, which I should mention, we've got people in an office in Green Bay sharing office space in the Extension office in Green Bay. We've got people in Madison, and we've got people on the western side of the state here. So um we're we're really statewide we're a statewide program and so that that was another thing that having one home office really didn't make sense because we kind of have three home offices so um so yeah so we'll share some space in black river and at the jackson county extension office and then uh we're looking at getting back out on the road doing educational events and farm visits and things like that because yes none of that research happens in the office now, you did mention that this thinking was kind of coming down the pike a little bit, even before the pandemic. Did the pandemic give it kind of a shove? Um, so, to be honest with you, we were really trying to evaluate what to do with office space. Our lease was coming up due. Um, and, you know, when you just start to really creatively think about costs, it's like, gosh, I'd really, I'd really like this thing. Uh, and and how do we how do we move in that direction? So I do think that um, being able to see how well our systems have evolved in terms of virtual capacities and what we can do from a kind of remote work situation has been something Discovery Farms has been working on for you know a lot of the last few years. Seeing as we weren't all in the same office anyway, so we were kind of going virtual before going virtual was cool, I think. Now, that, and when you say that, uh, technologically speaking, when somebody tries to get a hold of the Discovery Farm and they look it up on the web and they have a telephone, is there going to be one single telephone number or are we going to be looking uh, for people in all of those different offices? And, or How does that work? How is that going to work? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um Really, people often had pretty specific questions. So, um, you know, if you have a question about where Discovery Farms' work is and um, how to be involved or a question about water quality, you know, that would be something that you could contact Eric or I about if you had a, a more specific question about our educational or outreach capacities. That would be something Erica um, handles and so going to the website, you know, it's a, there's a, a good staff page there with our all of our contact info, and we are definitely reachable, that's for sure. And um, if by chance you get a hold of one of us and another one would be better, we'll point you in the right direction of how to get the best answer for your question. So in a sense, you, you do have a central office. It's just a virtual central office. It's a it, It's the website, basically. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that like being a statewide program has its ups and uh, its uh, challenges and benefits, right? And so one of the challenges of a statewide program is where do you place the thing so that it really can serve all the residents of the state? And 
And to be honest, being virtual in that way makes a lot more sense than just having one office that everybody has to um, sort of travel out from from there. So yeah, we've been we've been in different offices, but working together for um, the past you know 15ish years of the program, I would say, and um, having that contact info on the website, and uh, we've got a Facebook page and different ways to get in touch with us. I think just makes the accessibility a little bit better. It's not only uh, a Pigeon Falls gem. It's a, it's a statewide one. Are there any other changes uh, to the program that this is bringing along with it, or it, will everything be kind of operating as it has been? Actually, I think it's an opportunity for us to grow a little bit um, so we can reallocate what we were spending on, on office things into more people that can – uh, be out doing research can on farms can be out um, doing educational events so we have added staff and we're starting up a couple of new program or projects one of them being in uh, Pepin County working on some working with the farmer-led group there and farmers and land conservation and extension folks there on um, nitrate leaching so that'll be a really important big new undertaking for us we're really excited to get that project going and so, yeah, in some ways, it, it's a really an opportunity for us to do a little growth and um, try some new things. While the pandemic didn't affect this decision as much as I might have expected when I first started this <laughs> conversation with you, how much were things affected by the pandemic with the Discovery Farm projects? Did it, for a yeah. while, keep you folks off the farms a little bit? How did that work? Well, we got special permission to be able to continue collecting water quality data because that's just not a thing you can kind of like, it's sort of like milking right. cows. Uh, you can't just leave them for a while. And so right. we got special permission to continue to collect those samples. So that was really great. A lot of the outreach that we were able to do the past year had to turn all virtual, which of course, a lot of people got a lot better at, at using Zoom to communicate. That's for sure. But certainly it's put kind of a slowdown switch on some of the projects that were more of an in-person kind of feel or required more trips to the field, things like that. So we're really looking at ramping that back up now that the kind of uncertainties with all that have, have um, subsided a bit. And we're sort of looking forward to getting back to some kind of hybrid, right, of normal because I think we've learned a lot during the pandemic about how we can offer things virtually so that people don't have to travel so far or they can have access to things that would have otherwise been out of reach. And I think that there's a there's a really good middle ground for us to use going forward to continue to be able to get information to the most people possible and to provide that quality information and um, to be able to connect with people more than just if they can make it to a field day or not. Again, repeating the virtual side of things, what is the Discovery Farms website? How do people find it? And how do they reach you uh, uh, via that website? The website is uh, uwdiscoveryfarms.org. So you can find us there. You can search us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And like I said, all of our contact information is out there. So you could message us on Facebook. You can, um, you know, give us a call or an email based on our 
um, web the contact information on our website, we'd be really happy to hear from you. Looking forward to seeing but, people in person again. But don't go to the Pigeon Falls Central Office because <laughs> you haven't been there for a while now. Uh, the, there are, there's no furniture in there, is there? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's cleaned out, and uh, I, I, my biggest regret is not being as close to the snack sticks at the meat market across the street. I guess, but I fully totally understand that. somehow. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll improvise on that. You and I both. All yeah, right. Well, thanks right. for yep. Thanks as always for visiting with me this morning, Amber. Thanks, Scott. Good to talk to you. As always, good to talk with you. That's Amber Raddatz, co-director of the Discovery Farms Project, no longer based in Pigeon Falls, but based virtually and in several offices around the state. On the northern ends of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Since 1955, Blaine's Farm and Fleet has been supplying feed, farm supplies, hardware, and auto parts at low prices. Today, we continue these traditions, offering brand name products at everyday low prices. Power up your tools with a four-pack of 20-volt lithium-ion batteries from DeWalt, on sale $199. Check out our wide selection of Carlisle trailer, ag, lawn and garden, and ATV tires. Their cutting-edge technology, product performance, and quality keeps your equipment moving along. And stock up on ratchet load binders. Right now, buy one, get one 50% off. Looking for a battery? Check out our battery center for all your power needs. We carry automotive, marine, and ATV, just to name a few. We also offer free battery checks in our automotive service center for your convenience. Find your must-have items in-store or buy online and pick up in our convenient drive-thru. And now, if you order by noon, try our new same-day local delivery option. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, depending on where you were, especially in the past 24 hours, there could have been stuff flying near you. I understand some winds got pretty rugged with folks in northeast Wisconsin. The rest of the folks, thank you so much for your rainfall reports. Time to check in with Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist. And I'm getting a lot of different rainfall reports in, Stu. Sounds like folks uh, in western Wisconsin, La Crescent, La Crosse, they may have picked up accumulation close to an inch. Reeseville, eight-tenths of an inch of rain. I got a guy up by Eden, had three-quarters of an inch of rain. Uh, I, I know you're still kind of gathering stuff together, but it looks like 
not anything severe out of the past 24 hours, huh? No, that's we, we didn't have any major flooding anywhere like that. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's any real serious thunderstorm damage or wind damage either, for that matter. See those winds yesterday, upper 20s, 30-mile-an-hour gusts off toward northeast Wisconsin. Still pretty quiet, still pretty fair weather for the unofficial early part of summer. The biggest thing today will be a low-pressure system out to the west trying to bring a bit of a warm front up into the region. No big deal. No major threats of precipitation. What I'll talk about will be a very slight possibility in eastern Wisconsin toward this afternoon or evening for a very scattered shower or storm. Most of the rest of us just talk about a fair amount of sun and mild temperatures. Heading back to normal or a bit above today and even warmer as we head toward Wednesday and Thursday up into the 80s by the end of the week. Almost every afternoon, though, at least for the next couple, tomorrow a low-pressure system pushes up toward the Ohio Valley, just passing off to our southeast. Could be enough again for some small chance of an afternoon shower or a slight possibility of a thunderstorm, and otherwise overall pretty dry, getting warmer, sounding a whole lot more like summer when we start looking at 80s and what could very well be pushing up into the upper 80s as we head toward the weekend, going to really have that summery feel almost everywhere without much of a chance of rain. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero dollar energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast. Well, a mostly sunny day, a little fog in the east, and a slight chance of a shower or thunderstorm in eastern Wisconsin later today. Most of us, at least in the mid, are just upper 70s, with the southwest winds only about 5. Partly cloudy overnight, mid-50s, south winds about 5. Wednesday, mostly sunny. That slight chance of an afternoon shower or isolated thunderstorm into the upper 70s, with the south winds only about 5. Sunny Thursday, again, could be a slight chance of an afternoon shower storm real hit or miss if it happens but on temperatures on thursday ought to be in the low 80s as winds become west at five sunny and upper 80s on friday pam really warm as we head toward the weekend and still not any real measurable rain all right well that is not (laughs) that's not what we necessarily want to hear but uh we'll see if you change your mind as the systems uh, start to come in catch up with you tomorrow yeah i get you all right we'll catch you tomorrow thanks Stu. You bet. See you later. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with those weather details. And like I said, really do appreciate you using our talk text line. That number, in case you didn't jot it down, is 877-301-3276. 877-301-FARM. And again, I'll just kind of run through some of the uh, information that I've got in front of me right now. 
from the, uh, let's say, Friday on. Uh, like I said, Eden, three-quarters of an inch of rain. Uh, finally got some rain in the 608, about nine-tenths of an inch rain, but that's one of those. You didn't tell me where you are. Uh, we also have uh, the folks over by La Crescent uh, that picked up about another tenth of an inch of rain in uh, the overnight hours. Don't forget, use that talk text line. Just let me know where you are when you're reporting your rainfall. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. When you ride a motorcycle, you can face serious risks from cars around you. It's a fact. Some car drivers don't watch for motorcycles and they don't see you. Even if they do, some cars don't give bikes the space they need to drive safely. A collision between a motorcycle and a car can be devastating. If this happens to you, we can help. At Clifford and Rihala, we know that motorcycle riders can suffer life-changing injuries in a crash, and we can help you recover the compensation you deserve. If you or someone you care for has been in a motorcycle crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation. We'll fight to help you receive your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home? Receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do, and our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding recent weapons offenses. On Thursday, May 20th at 8.10 p.m., officers were dispatched to the area of Maher Avenue and Linda Vista Road for multiple reports of shots fired. A black Dodge Charger and a silver sedan fled the area after the incident. No damage or injuries were reported. On Friday, May 21st at 8.09 p.m., Officers were dispatched to Belt Street for multiple callers reporting the sound of gunfire. A silver sedan was seen leaving the area. A bullet did enter a nearby home and passed through the living area into the victim's bedroom while the victim was home. Thankfully, they were not injured. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255 
2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. You don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Normie, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. Christian Yelich, uh, coming off the IL, 2 for 23 with 10 strikeouts. Yeah, and one home run. Yep, mm-hmm. and that was a 3-0 count piped down the middle. So Which is fine. I'm going to float it out <laughs> there because it, it'll be an interesting topic. Float it. I have a few buddies that I would consider big baseball guys that follow it very closely and that are very into it. Do you need the and do you need the music for it, the conspiracy theory music for this? Sure. Okay. It is Friday. Conspiracy theory. And Friday. I've had two of them tell me within the last year or so that they believe Christian Yelich could have been stealing signs and getting tipped pitches. What do you mean? He told you, Darvish, on Twitter that no one needs to steal signs, especially off of him. No, he did say that. Christian Yelich was a borderline all-star his entire career for the Miami Marlins. But if you remember what he did in 2018 and 2019 for the Brewers, he was the MVP and the guy that should have been the MVP. But he comes off that fractured knee, and in 2020, you say, you say uh, wow, he's missing a lot of pitches that he put in the seats. And, and they even had weird breakdowns on him in MLB network where he's not even chasing out of the strike zone. Like you would think his walk rates are actually right where they were. He's just missing pitches that he was putting in the seats last year. It's like the weirdest phenomenon. (laughs) Well, some people have now said, and I know it was on some baseball podcast that was floated around. You Darvish called out Christian Yelich for, for stealing signs and stuff like that, where in me, I brushed it off right away when these I people laughed said at it. it. I said, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's go, funny, ha, 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 Come on. He's coming off a fractured kneecap. Haters are never mad enough, Rowdy. 2020's got the weird spring training, and then it turned into a summer camp, the weird stop and start. It's just a weird year. But now, post-fractured kneecap, we're about four months of actual baseball time, and the hitting still continues to look to the same. But if you think about it, say he was getting tip pitches or stealing signs. How 
easy because they're obviously not going to use the same type of techniques that the Houston Astros did because look at how uh, bad that kind of turned out for them and how obvious really it was. <laughs> I've never heard this song go on so long they before. The, they publicly, got to keep the hunk of metal. <laughs> publicly, it turned out bad for them. Yes, publicly it did. But if you have a guy that's out there somewhere in the stands feeding you signs that you can see, say, from the outfield, and then all of a sudden in 2020 there aren't any fans, and so far this year can't the, limit, there. the limited <laughs> fans, you you can't really send a guy out there without being noticed. So, so what you're good. telling me is... I'm just saying... I've that's I've heard that from a few people. What's Obviously, the, you what's Darvish. What's the hundred percent date? Conspiracy theory. June twenty fifth. So starting June twenty fifth. If Yelly all of a sudden just sort of skyrocketing <laughs> his average again, I won't. I'll be like, okay, yeah, cool. So, he just needs the fans. He just hey, needs it's fans. A, it's a couple people that I respect a lot when it comes to baseball knowledge that say that, yeah. and I've heard it from you know like podcasts that revolve around baseball, and. It makes some sense if all of a sudden he comes back to being a god again in June. Yeah. Got to figure out what the Astros are doing. Two they're, things. They're back up to the number one average in baseball Two things. Right now. I've never heard this song go on for so long before. Yeah. I didn't even know this part existed. Sounds great. <laughs> and the other thing, if that is the case, Rowdy, then my god, we need fans back in the stands ASAP. That way Yelly can start hitting again. Yeah. June 25th can't come fast enough. Maybe the whole team is that. I ain't Willie Adamas, I'll tell you that one. Well, he's not part of this team. That's true. Man, look at that. Bought into Andy Haynes Conspiracy Theory Friday there from Rowdy. And when he was chirping uh, U Darvish on Twitter, like he wasn't really even batting that good off of U Darvish. He's like, no one needs to steal signs off of you, you. I mean, well, it's like, well, you. Yeah, I think you're betting like like one. I think he's betting like one. His low one, but, so he's betting still, on Darvish. When he made that comment. You look at like you Darvish's ERA and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, maybe people don't need to steal. <laughs> all to all I'm going to say is, if you connect the dots, and it makes sense that all of a sudden there aren't really fans where you can hide someone if that's what they were doing. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's missing pitches that he would put in the seats, but he's not chasing pitches. Yeah, and and he's still walking at the same rates. Mm-hmm. It's just all of a sudden those pitches that are right there. He somehow is completely missing or swinging through. Why is that? Well, maybe if he's expecting one pitch and he gets another one, he's not ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it makes some sense. Well, how many pitches do you see that, like, I think you already said it, Rowdy, but I'm going to reaffirm it. How many pitches do you see Yelly just totally whiff on? She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend is going to be our guest this morning, and that's a good thing. One developing story that our uh, beef producers are going to have to keep an eye on. JBS USA announced that they were uh, targeted of an organized cyber attack on Sunday. Uh, It has shut down some of their meat processing facilities in Australia as well as North America. Now, the JBS plant that's located in Green Bay is not going to be processing today, but they didn't confirm if that was because of the cyber attack or some other maintenance-related items. So we're going to have to talk with John about that. Thank goodness he's joining us. That's up in about 15 minutes. I'm PM Yonke. Now, from the Countryside Landmark Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the first day of June. On this day, back in 1901... The first English-language Lutheran services were held in Platteville. Up until that time, 
Most of the Lutheran services were held in German or some other dialect. So the first English-language Lutheran services held in Platteville on this day in 1901. On this day in 1974, the Heimlich Maneuver was published. Henry Heimlich is credited with uh, the technique that's been used to stop people from choking and has definitely saved lives. Happy birthday to Canadian-American singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette, actor Morgan Freeman celebrating his birthday today. And if Marilyn Monroe was still alive, today she would celebrate her 95th birthday. And now you know. Well, the weather, as of when we spoke on Friday, was giving a lot of people cause for concern. Temperatures that sunk into near freezing overnight, both Thursday night, Friday night. Some of you may have even seen it carry over into Saturday morning. Got a lot of farmers concerned about the crops that they had in the ground. I talked with Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension soybean specialist, immediately and asked him to give me his read on what crop damage we might be facing. Thanks, Pam. Yeah, I actually got some uh, text this morning showing snow on top of some emerged soybeans, but those, um, it never got below 36 degrees Fahrenheit. And as soon as that sun came up and hit that snow and melted. So I'm not really at all concerned about that. Um, what I is a little concerning is in northern Wisconsin, they're talking about lows of down to 30, and that's right at that point where we might see a little bit of injury. We generally say it has to get down to 28 for two to four hours before we see any type of crop injury. So again, I think we're right at the cusp. Um, one thing I'm probably a, maybe a little bit more concerned about some of our spring grains, or excuse me, our winter wheat, because uh, we're right at that flowering stage. And 30 degrees Fahrenheit will destroy a wheat crop at flowering. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah, now, uh, not to take away from wheat, we'll come back to that, but what about the stage of growth for soybeans? Does that at all matter as far as its uh, susceptibility to those colder temperatures, Sean? It, it does. It's usually when those beans are right coming out of the ground and the cotyledons open. Uh, the, the, especially the unifolias are very sensitive to temperature. And we've got soybeans at all growth stages, just coming out of the ground all the way to up to V1 and V2. So, again, we've got a wide array, array of growth stages across the state of Wisconsin because, you know, I talked to more than one farmer that were done planting both corn and soybean prior to May 1 this year. So it was an early start, and we got beans all across the board. Mm-hmm. Now, how am I going to evaluate those beans to uh, give me an indication of damage done? Is it an immediate visual thing, Sean, or is it going to take time to really reveal? Yeah, it, it'll be fairly immediate, Pam. Um, within 24 to 48 hours, you will go out and be able to see if we see some of that um, water soaking or disc- discoloration on the soybeans, and they'll get, go necrotic pretty fast, especially as the temperatures start to bump up early next week. So, It'll be a pretty easy determination in terms of what the type of injury is. So, again, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic and not be overly, um, you know, concerned. But, again, we're right at that temperature threshold, especially in the North Woods. All right. So let's say that uh, we've got some tragedy that occurs. You know, here it is. We are at the end of May. Are you still going to advise if farmers can get their hands on the supplies that they turn and burn and try to get something in on those acres, maybe beans? Yeah, I would go back into those fields with with soybean um, because 
hopefully a lot of them already have a pre-emergence herbicide or some herbicide program down that would probably not allow them to go into another crop. And even in the first part of June, um, given the growing season, I wouldn't switch any maturity groups, like go any earlier, plant what you planted the first time out there, and just go into it. And the only recommendation I would say is you would need to increase your seeding rate, um, probably 30 to 40,000 more seeds uh, with this later planting just to increase that population to get the effective node number higher to maximize yield. Okay, now let's pivot back to that winter wheat situation. Again, uh, that's one of those crops that uh, looked oh so good once we got rain on it. Now explain again what happens if uh, this cold weather is hitting at that critical flowering stage. So what happens is when we start flowering or we have anthesis in, in winter wheat, um, those uh, the pollen, or not the pollen, but the anthers, are as they're being extruded and during the pollination process, are very sensitive to cold temperatures. Um, and if you look at it, um, we're right at that point where we're at anthesis. So at that, at this point, the critical temperature is uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours. But if you look for most of where the primary regions where we grow soft red winter wheat, um, the dairy areas. That would be like around the eastern from Green Bay mm-hmm. south. We're, we look okay. I'm not expecting that, but there is a pocket of winter wheat that's growing up around the Wausau area. That one um, hopefully isn't as far along, and it's probably only at the boot stage there. So hopefully we'll avoid that because that temperature is only 28. So we got a little bit of flex here just depending on where we are in yeah. the state. So if, uh, if we lose that flower, if that uh, winter wheat, uh, spring wheat is, is damaged, is it, uh, do we harvest immediately? Is there any value to the crop at all, Sean? I mean, that one's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, if, if we, it, it would be pretty quick to figure out whether or not that was damaged as well. You'd be able to look at the seed heads and look at their um, pollinations occurred. I would just take it immediately for a forage. That would be its greatest value. Dr. Sean Conley, our University Extension Soybean Specialist. So some of the evaluation on damage done to the crops happened over the weekend. Other crops may still be evaluating the damage that was done by the cooler temperatures. Uh, We know that our Wisconsin potato producers were very concerned about the temperatures that they were looking at. And, of course, anybody with fruit trees or those strawberries had to be monitoring things as well. So, like I said, Dr. Conley believes soybeans, for example, probably did all right. Uh, Now we'll just kind of wait and see and gather up that information this week. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are firm and strong, at least as far as the grain's concerned. July corn's up six and a half. December new crop corn currently 13 and a quarter higher at 558 and three quarters. July soybeans are up a dime. November beans up 12 cents, currently at 1384 and three quarters. The wheat for July, that's up 11 cents, currently at 674 and a half. The barrel cheese on Friday dropped a nickel at 157. 40 pound black cheese going into the holiday weekend was down three and three quarter cents at 153. Double A butter was unchanged at $1.81 per pound. The June milk, that's up a nickel at 1729 a hundredweight. July milk finished 30 cents lower at 1804 a hundredweight. And like I said, for livestock, really the developing story today is the announcement that the world's largest meat processor, JBS, had confirmed that Sunday their company was targeted with an organized cybersecurity attack. Now, they said that it basically attacked their tech systems, their servers, in North America and in Australia. Many of their locations in Australia basically shut down immediately. 
They started to suspend all affected systems and activated their IT professionals to try to resolve the situation. But they say right now they're basically still working on it. Today, we know that there will not be any processing at the JBS facility in Green Bay. Now, the company didn't say if that was scheduled maintenance, something that they already had planned, or if it was a result of that cybersecurity attack. But believe you me, if JBS goes off the radar as far as processing is concerned, that's concern for not only consumers, but for our beef producers as well. We're going to talk about that next with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live on a Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you're a motorist of the four-wheel variety, please watch out for those of us in Wisconsin who do their traveling on two wheels. Adjust your mirrors to reduce your blind spots. Allow motorcyclists a full lane width. Use your turn signal when merging or changing lanes. And allow more following distance between you and the motorcycle. Motorists and motorcyclists can work together to achieve zero preventable deaths on Wisconsin roads. Zero in Wisconsin. Together we can save lives. Learn more at zeroinwisconsin.gov. Sponsored by the Wisconsin DOT. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? You should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is is the the very very least least we can do. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, let's get right to it. It's a developing story that occurred on Sunday, became available as far as news was concerned yesterday. JBS, which is the world's largest meat processor, uh, a cyber attack hit them on Sunday, took their uh, servers in North America as well as Australia. Oh, Joining us this morning to give us the latest, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. So what do you know about this, John? Because part of the reason I'm, I'm so, I want to be on top of this is obviously we've got a JBS processing plant in Green Bay that announced they will not be running today. But really a lot of our Wisconsin beef producers as a group rely on that meat processing facility. Give us the update. 
Yeah, basically just summarizing what you kind of said there. The attack came yesterday, hit the American, North American and Australian plants, shut down the plants in Australia yesterday. Obviously, we were close for most things for Memorial Day uh, here yesterday. Uh, so we'll have to see how this kind of plays out. Obviously, JBS up in Green Bay, as you said, announced that they are not going to be running today. They need the IT servers basically to keep the lines running. It doesn't look like there's any breach of data in that regard from what they're saying so far in terms of uh, the news articles and things I'm reading, but they just need those servers working in order to keep the lines moving. You know, the thing is, it's another blow to the cattle industry. Now, we'll see how it plays out in the markets overall, but obviously they're the you know world's largest processor of beef uh, internationally. And it's going to be key here, uh, you know, just talking to people, that plant's already been behind the pace anyway, and now another day off of production gone only just adds to that pile of backed-up beef. And it's very important for our Wisconsin beef producers, correct? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a major outlet here for, for obviously, they handle a lot of Holstein or dairy beef, as well as just other, uh, you know, other classes. You know, and that's one of the things that we just don't need to see right now in a market that's already dealing with issues on the on the, on the international scale, as well as here in the United States, in terms of the processing speed. You know, another day of production gone, that's another batch of cattle that gets backed up, and it just continues to add to the pile, uh, which only makes things worse. So we'll see how the market handles it today. Sometimes things like this could just give you a blip on the radar in terms of the movement. Uh, but overall, you know, if we lose any packing capacity in an area that's already been somewhat limited, it just doesn't help. We don't expect, though, uh, at least not at this stage in the game, that consumers will necessarily notice it. Probably not. I mean, there's obviously beef in storage, things of that nature, unless it's become something prolonged. I would highly suspect it's probably going to be back up and running by Wednesday as they get into things. You know, we'll see. I have to obviously continue to watch the headlines there. Uh, but if anything, it gives us just a little bit maybe of a market reaction. Uh, you know, you're already looking at a very tight supply picture and, and prices still in terms of retail beef moving to multi-year highs. Uh, you know, it'll only maybe just tighten that up even a little bit more, but I don't think we'll see much in terms of the consumer side just because it might be just very short-lived right right we'll keep the keep you posted on any new information there so let's pivot and talk about grain john uh after a three-day weekend i was afraid that we'd come in with a softer start to a tuesday but just the opposite is there something i'm missing is there weather changing somewhere well, we've been really watching the extended forecast going into June, and realistically, some of them are starting to turn warmer or drier, especially across the northern plains, and that's an area that doesn't need it, obviously. You know, we did have a little bit of moisture come through last week in some of those regions, but not enough to help out from talking to producers up there. We saw the spring wheat contract really surge out at the end of the week on Friday, and that continued again today. That's the Obviously, the wheat class is based in the Dakotas. We're up $0.30 cents plus on that spring wheat contract, uh, Still well below the high of $8 from back in May, but it feels like we're headed there. And that just brings a little bit of weather premium into the market overall. You know, obviously, we're counting on those acres in North Dakota for corn and bean production as well. So the market's adding a little bit of premium in. Now, Sunday night trade, or in this case, Monday night trade off the holiday, cannot, you know, does a lot of times can just overreact. So we'll have to see how it plays out today. But it's definitely going to be a story to watch as, you know, I'm looking at our forecast here. Not a lot of rain on the radar as, as far as I can see for the next. Uh, week or so, uh, and it could get dry pretty quickly, as considering how dry we were going into that last little bit of rain we got.
Also going to be very hot this week uh, from what I can see later this week. So, yeah, weather is definitely going to play a major role. Anything, uh, you know, uh, we weren't the only ones that picked up cool weather late last week, John. Anybody talking about any crop damage, anything like that that you've been hearing? I did hear a little bit of that, too, across the northern plains, you know, on top of they finally got a little rain and then came in and got some freezing temperatures. You saw some social media posts of some beans that got froze off, things of that nature. Still time to probably replant those. But again, that just affects that overall production. And, you know, this market is going to be so hypersensitive. We just got a different market. We saw that last week being basically limit down a day, then limit back up a day. You know, we just see this money jumping in and out and flowing very, very quickly makes it hard for producers to manage the risks at this time frame. You know, right now my focus for guys is get yourself caught up on some sales. Make sure you're at a comfortable level going into the report at the end of the month. Usually by Father's Day is kind of when we see a seasonal peak. You know, but then let's see what we can do around us risk because obviously this market's going to move. But don't fall asleep on what's in front of us. 560 corn, you know, 13 14 dollar beans, good value out there. Producers need to make sure they're taking advantage of it here and then plan for the future. Let's talk just real quick about dairy because we got the latest uh, milk price out uh, for the month of April, always delayed, and I see fluid is down uh, pretty, well, was down pretty good. I don't know where it's going this morning. What do you see there? Yeah, we had some uh, real hard pullback, especially in those summer months that last last couple of days here, and it's been kind of disappointing to watch. We saw the blocks and barrels prices continue to slide, and that's bringing that premium out of the June, July, and those August contracts. You know, we started the week uh, pushing the $19 window. We were in the $20 window just a couple of weeks ago. Now we're at the bottom of the range here, so, you know, just above 17 and a quarter on that June. So that's a little bit scary the way that chart looks. Maybe this is a bottoming area, but boy, we got to watch those trends. And we got that last milk production report. We continue to see production climbing. We see cattle numbers still on the increase. That's just not what we need to see in this market. Demand has improved, but it's at a, at a point now. Maybe with the supply is starting to outweigh that demand that's coming back to us. Right, right. All right, John. Well, always a pleasure. Remind us how we can get a hold of you to talk about any of these items. Sure. Love to chat with them anytime. Have anybody give me a call, 800-334-9779, or shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. Excellent. And that website also full of great information, totalfarmmarketing.com. Thanks for the update, John. Sure appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week. Have a great week. All right. John Heinberg joining us live this morning. So everything from uh, the JBS latest situation and what's happening impacting the meat market right on through to the grain elevation that we're seeing to get us started this very first day of June. We'll catch up to you tomorrow. Same time, same channel. This is the Midwest Farm Report.